Good evening, everyone. My name is Brian, and today is Monday, January 2nd, 2023, and this is episode 272 of the Lots Project podcast, a daily look inside our journey to live outside the systems of control. And we have a good evening, Monday evening show. Uh, Tonight, we got lots to talk about, and we have lots to talk about with Thesia Ellis. Thesia is a friend of mine, I hope that she considers me the same, but I definitely consider her a friend. Uh, We've collaborated on a bunch of things online. She has uh, participated in Fireside Freedom with me. Uh, I met her at SRF and heard her story. I knew a a little bit about her uh, and a little bit of her background through different different avenues and different people in the the community talking about her and referencing her. I looked into her a little bit um, and I met her at SRF. And man, I heard her story and met her in person and interacted with her and yeah yeah for sure for sure uh she's recently changed the name of her podcast and we'll get to that later but uh her name uh man i heard it and it fit it fit Cecia reminds me a lot of uh one of my grandmothers and uh yeah just her attitude the spunk she has her determination and and a lot that I found endearing in, in in one of my grandmothers. And she just recently changed her podcast name to Grandma's Life. And man, it just it just rung me. And uh, so I was happy she did that. I hope she's happy with the change. But with that, I want to bring on and welcome to the Lots Project podcast, Thesia Ellis of Ellis Family's Farms and this Grandma's Life podcast and all the Grandma's Life stuff. Hello, Thesia. How are you doing this evening? I am doing great. <laughs> I am so glad you finally filled out that form and came on. Uh, we've been talking about it since September, but uh, we are, we're all busy. We're all busy. And uh, yeah, you finally did it. You finally did it. I needed somebody for tonight. And you were like, hey, guess what? We should do this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I never know if what I have to say is actually what people want to have on their podcast. I thought, well, I'll just try it. If you don't want to do it, we won't do it. Of course, I want you to talk, come and talk on my podcast. I, I don't know if I can find anybody that's living outside the system more than you are. You are doing everything to the beat of your own drum, and I absolutely love it. So for my audience that doesn't know who Athesia Ellis is, I I kind of went a little different route here, and we talked about it before, but I kind of want you to c- describe who you are right now, like uh, like what kind of qualities you you see in yourself, and uh, and what you got going on, and your kind of your mo right now, what you're what you're striving at, because it's a little different. You're you're kind of you you would put it you're you're a little older than than us, uh, most of the people that you're you're hanging around with and palling around with and learning with. Um, where are you at? Like, what is, what is your mindset right now? What do you see in yourself? I, I have to admit, I think I'm probably the happiest I've ever been in my entire life because I, I'm 60 years old and I was raised that you are supposed to, the husband is supposed to take care of you and, and, uh, and life will be good when you do that. And I discovered many times the hard way. That's just not the way it goes. And sometimes it wasn't necessarily anybody's fault. You know, somebody was sick or, or something. And, I I spent most of my boys uh, growing up time being a single mom. So, 
you didn't say, oh, I don't feel good today. You got your butt up and you got to work and you did whatever needed to be done. And whatever was happening in your life, you had to get up and do it. And now I'm on I'm on a 40 acre plot. We own 26 and two thirds of it. And uh, because I am 60, I'm pretty sure I probably wouldn't be able to get a job that would do anything to make enough money to take care of us. So I have put all my focus on making sure, first of all, that we can eat. So I raise, I try to make, raise as much of my own food as possible. And now I'm trying to pursue, you know, podcasts, uh, YouTube channels and all that other stuff and try, and I'm trying to learn. And yes, at 60, it's hard to <laughs> figure some crap out, <laughs> but I do. I love it. I, you know, I, I'm, I want to be an example to other older people, particularly women, that they don't just have to say, oh, my husband died. So I have to have raccoons in my ceiling. You know, it's like, no, you don't climb up there, get them out. <laughs> you know? And that's it. That's it. That's the, that's, you just nailed it. Um, I, I said in the opening there that you reminded me of one of my grandmothers and all the enduring qualities in her. And yeah, she was, she was around probably 15, I got to say 15 years, uh, after my grandfather passed away. And that's what she, she was a do it. She was, uh, a take hold. It wasn't the old school. Oh, what was me? I don't have a man to take care of me. And I think that's what I see in you and just somebody taking hold and doing, uh, what they do to make sure they're okay. So, have you always been that way? I've always been hard-headed. <laughs> and I spent, I think I spent 50 years of my life really trying to fit into the world. And uh, and I just didn't. And um, I remember even having a conversation with my mom. I said, Mom, I just, I can't fit into this world. And, and uh, she goes, well... I didn't want to tell you this, but you always had sign showed signs of autism when you were a kid. And I thought, Oh my gosh, it is me. It is me. I'm never going to fit in this world. And that was pretty much a catalyst for me to figure out. I was like, I ain't trying anymore. I'm going to be me. I'm going to enjoy my life. And I just don't fit. <laughs> it's funny. I heard you mention that. Um, I heard you mention that at SRF in the, in your, in your um, presentation there. And I think we all had that moment in this space and Josh, Josh and I joke about it um, that we're all kind of, I think we're all kind of on that autism spectrum in this space. Cause I think we all just figured out that it's not this, this box they want to put us in doesn't work. Um, so if they wanted to qualify us, we would be there. Uh, but yeah, I had that moment. I'm like, why do, why do I think this way? Why do I do this? And it, it, it all fits in that box that, that now they put, uh, they put a label on it, but. You're fine. You're fine. And you don't need to fit in because you're doing perfectly fine the way you are. Yeah. And another thing, oh, too, is when I, at the same time when I turned 50, and I, I've heard it like in Nicole Sauce's voice oh, when she just turned 50. Have you noticed that as everybody's nearing 50, they're going, oh, I'm getting near 50. And it is kind of one of those things you realize you've lived more than you've got left. Yeah. And, I lament watching all these people going, well, then I guess that is what it is and, and just don't take care of themselves. And I have decided that I'm just, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to, you know, I'm, when I, when I die, you're going to know that I went down in flames or something. <laughs> well, I think I'm doing something right. Cause I keep reevaluating when I've hit the halfway point. Cause when I was in my twenties, the way I was treating myself and the way I was living, I didn't think I'd make it past 40. So I was already halfway there. Um, now I'm looking at it going, 
Hey, I might make it a little longer. I might be halfway there now. So I think I'm just going to keep getting better and moving that date out. Yeah. Yeah. You got started a lot younger and that's cool. Yeah. 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 I got lucky. And I got this, I got this little girl next to me that keeps me feeling, feeling really young. And uh, she, she's got a, a very young spirit. So I appreciate that. So. Yeah. And that is cool. And she make it, she's made it where it's easy for you to care. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You want to take care of her. <laughs> yeah. Well, and care uh, for yourself, if nothing else. What's that? Or, or care for yourself, if nothing else, you know? Yep. 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 So, but, uh, so how has your journey kind of gone? Um, did you're in Oklahoma now? Did you, were you born, raised? Did you spend your whole life there? Did you, have you been all over and around the world or kind of, kind of where did you start out and what kind of path have you taken? Um, I was born, I was born in Tulsa, Oklahoma and my dad at the, at the time worked for an oil company and I don't remember this cause I was a baby, but we, I did live in Venezuela for a few weeks but uh, most of the time I lived in Oklahoma, my teenage years, I lived in Southwest Oklahoma, which is a whole different country than Eastern Oklahoma. <laughs> it may be the same state, but it's two different countries. And then right. I married my first husband, moved to Alaska when my, my oldest son was five weeks old. And then when we got stationed in Texas, uh, we got a divorce and I married my ex-husband and we moved to California. <laughs> So and you traveled with I, military. So that was military up to Alaska and and military back to Texas. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. We were in Fort Hood, Texas. Okay. Okay. There, and then and, then off to California, the gold rush. Yeah. Yeah. That my ex husband, his family lived in San Diego area, east of San Diego, in Lakeside, and so we we ended up moving. So we settled in El Cajon for a few years, and then uh, we split up when I moved back to Oklahoma, and I've right been here since. Oklahoma. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So it must be all right to stay there. I I like Eastern Oklahoma. I really do. Uh, I this this feels good to me. Feels like home. I did not like Western Oklahoma at all. I didn't like. Uh, it was I, and probably a part of it was the situation. I was the boss's daughter, and we moved in down there, and uh, we weren't kin to anybody, and we and uh, we had lived there our whole life, and and it was. Uh, a real click situation that I was that my my brother and sister and I were just absolutely not part of, and they they pretty much made our life kind of miserable for a few years, and and uh, so and the red dirt that blows all the time, literally all the time blows, and so yeah, I don't miss I don't miss Western Oklahoma, but I like Eastern Oklahoma. Nice, nice. So you said you're on forty acres, and you guys said you own like twenty third, I think, or twenty six and a half. Um, how's that, how'd that all come about? And, um, what do you, would you just kind of put up a house there or, or what, what, what happened? Well, uh, this, it's, um, dad, Tom, my husband's father, uh, his father had bought like, I think like 120 acres or something and had, uh, as he passed, when he was, he was deeding off parts of the se section. So Tom's dad owned all 40 acres of this property. And then when he passed, Tom's got a brother. In, I mean, he's got two sisters. So of the 40 acre plot, we just put it divided into thirds. And uh, uh, one of Tom, the sister that lives in Wisconsin deeded to us the, the south end of the property. And the sister that lives here in Oklahoma, she still owns the north end of the property. 
with uh, the my mother-in-law's house when she that she lived in too so uh of the four now we have access to all 40 acres because we're the only ones that live out here um in 07 we built a barn in 08 we planted a vineyard and i think it was 2011 i decided to move out here for good and the best or i needed to 2011 or 2012 we moved out here and lived in a camper and finally just over a year ago we finally moved into the trailer house that tom had built not had bought how did the camper go for you? We, you know, you know, we just moved into one. Um, how, how did it go for you? Was, was it your deal? Uh, we don't mind doing it. We actually prefer it. Um, how'd you like it? I didn't mind. Well, it was one of those things that when I moved into it, I thought it was just going to be real temporary and I was willing to do anything it took to be temporary. Um, uh, these, this particular trailer house, we only paid, not trailer house, but camper, we only paid $2,800 for it. We bought it in an auction because it was, do you remember when Katrina and they had all those uh, Katrina uh, campers that people lived in? Yep. We had about 60 of them end up in, our, in a town near here. And uh, so they were selling them uh, through auction. And so, but this particular camper was plumbed for sewage and we didn't have water or sewage or anything out here. So for oh, I think it, a year. it was like plumb just for like direct drop into a into a septic yeah yeah so like for first two or three years here i didn't even have a bathroom we were going down to my well we were going to the house in town once a day to uh take showers and do a load of laundry and do dishes and uh, uh i did finally have water down by the vineyard but that was just one spigot and then after when we built the barn, we finally got it plumbed. And I think we were out here for well over two years before we built a bathroom in the barn. And um, I'll just say that I, I was a little hard to live with through some of that because it's the <laughs> did, you, did you ever did you ever go this? Why am I doing this? No, like, no, like, I, I, like this is too much. Like I, I. I, I am not, I'm done going to town to take a shower. I'm done not having a bathroom. Like, was there, a, was there any times where you're just like, this isn't worth it? Or was it, was there always an eye on the prize and you knew it would happen eventually? No, my, my mindset was a little bit different back then. It wasn't a matter of, I mean, I was tired of it, but it was, that was back in the day is to, to my husband. Am I not important enough to you to provide a bathroom for me? You know, there was no doubt I was never going back into town, but I, I, I did struggle with not understanding why, why are we not working toward getting a bathroom? Why are we not working toward getting into something more permanent? You know, so that was my mindset for several years, honestly. Right, right, right. So then, so you, you finally got the bathroom in the barn and you started working towards things and are you still in the camper? No, no, we finally, that was, we bought, when we got custody of my granddaughter when she was 11, she just turned 16 and uh, we bought the trailer house for $2,500 and it needed a lot of work. And it was kind of a bad situation. That was kind of a bad situation too, because uh, well, now all three of us in this camper and uh, we got Kinsey's room set up and she had, she finally, she had water and electricity. She could have heat and air in her room. But the rest of the house was not ready for us to move into, and I got sick. I uh, I got I got real sick, and then so Kinsey lived over here in this trailer house for like a year by herself, at like twelve years old, 
yeah. And so I finally had to step up and say, you know, I finally got to feeling better enough that I said, okay, this is what we're going to do to get into, get into the trailer house. And, and uh, I, I feel bad for Kenzie because she, I mean, she wanted to come over to the trailer house. She really did, but she was, uh, you know, she's a little kid living over here by herself with only two rooms in the whole building that work. <laughs> you said, you said you got sick. What, what happened? What, what, uh, tell us about what happened there. Cause it was for quite a um, while, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. If you look at some of my old videos from like three years ago, you can see where my face is all swelled up and stuff. But, um, they tell me it's food allergies and I believe there are some food allergies that, that attached to it, but I believe, and it may have been alpha gal, it may have been a tick bite. Cause I'm allergic to beef, wheat and pork and all that other stuff. So I try to avoid that. Well, okay. Not so much anymore. I, cause I am improving, but my face swelled up and my eyes swelled shut. I itched madly. And it's no wonder the poor kid wanted to move over to the trailer house. Cause I was waking up in the middle of the night, slamming the wall and I would dig myself bloody and would have to go back out to the barn to shower because I was just too bloody to sleep. And, but I think stress had a lot to do with it too. I think because the circumstances and why we had to get Kenzie were bad. Uh, dealing, dealing with my, my husband who was having severe depression. And then my mom and dad lived in Southern Oklahoma and they both have had strokes and they only had half a brain. And I was, when they decided they wanted me to Florida, I was driving to Southern Oklahoma twice a week to help them move. And I think the stress of all of that was the tipping point. And I, I was just too sick to function for some, a few, I mean, there was one point I was in bed and did not get out of bed for two days. And, uh, but, but uh, I'm a lot better now put that way. <laughs> that, I mean, is that the point where you just kind of said, I got to do it for me? And, and is that kind of when you when you went and you just realized that you got to take care of you? Because that I heard well, that is quite a message from you um, in your presentation. Is there there was kind of a tipping point where you just said, "This is I just got to do this." Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was I was sick enough. I had to focus on getting better on that part of it too. And then once I finally got better, I, that's when I finally decided. Anything else that happens out here, it's going to have to be up to me. I'm going to have to be the one that puts, does it, you know. Uh, I was trying to power through it when I was really sick and get it and do it, I, but I really, I really couldn't. I mean, seriously, if you look at some of the pictures, the videos I was doing, my face was so swollen. You go, that didn't even look like you. <laughs> yeah, you showed some and, comparison pictures. And I, I mean, I was standing there looking at you in person and you're like, yeah, this was me. I'm like, uh-uh, no. I mean, yeah. Yeah, so it all came down to what what the system told you that it's it's all food allergies. <laughs> well, for a long time they told me they asked me what kind of soap I was using. I'm going, guys, it's not my soap. This is internal. I could tell. I knew it was something internal, and I I I battled with two or three doctors before they finally said, okay, it wasn't your soap. I'm going, duh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, done. I just I don't know if you heard my my show with Rachel Jameson that that kind of went through a whole mystery illness and stuff with the with the modern medical system and yeah I hear it over and over and over especially in this space I, I we ended up Corey and I actually ended up on this journey really um, one of the things that made us 
in and start exploring, which led down all the rabbit holes, was the medical system and some of the questions we had about that and some of the issues she was having. Uh, I think it's I think it's an easy gateway when people realize that their health um, when they have an aha moment, you know, a lot of the times, I think a lot of the times the doctors will get lucky and they'll kind of fix something with a pill. Um, but when people have something that they just can't guess at and they just don't know and they find alternatives is a really easy gateway to quest start questioning a lot of things you've been told. <laughs> yeah, I had I had one dermatologist that. uh First of all, because all the doctors are mad at me because I refuse to wear sunscreen and I work outside. And uh, she goes, well, can I screen you for cancer? And I'm going, yeah, skin cancer. I'm going, yeah. And she was mad because she did not find skin cancer on me. She didn't want to see me anymore. Yep. <laughs> it's like, yep. it's fine with me. <laughs> oh, she lost She lost a, a client. I mean, patient. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, she will. And, and, I was, and that was when I was, my skin was getting really bad and, I said, so what are we going to do? She goes, oh, we just put lotion on it. And I'm going, no, you don't understand. And it was kind of weird. I must have scared them because I was so upset. I mean, I wasn't angry. at, I wasn't volatile, but I had like tears streaming down my face and they were scared of me. And they had like four or five people in there trying to <laughs> hand me lotion. I'm going, guys, I don't need lotion. I need to find out what's going on. You know, I don't need any more lotion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man yeah oh i'm i'm glad you're i'm glad you got better i just looking at you looked you looked like you were in pain like it wasn't just it wasn't like you were just swollen like you see people that have got a bee bite or something they're swollen up and you're like oh wow they're really like you look swollen in in agony um yeah and yeah that's not from your soap <laughs> no no and i have to admit i do uh, I did a clinical trial for Dupixent. You sometimes you see them for uh, on uh, commercials and stuff. And I was really hesitant to do it, but it really helped me. And I and now I give myself an injection in my in my leg every other week, and uh, to help keep it under control because I still I still have issues, you know. Because man, come on. You can't go through life without pork occasionally and some cheese. <laughs> I mean, pork? No, no. I mean, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure there's there's memes out there that say no bacon, no way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I and I love pork. Now I it was kind of trip though because last night I was I was I was at a party and uh, I was pushing my food allergies and I had a little bit of pork and I started. My I started losing uh, muscle function and I was like pouring water down the front of me. And I thought, oh, I'm like, you know, it's just weird because I it's not just skin and itching and stuff like I have brain disconnect and 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 uh, motor function skill issues and stuff. It's kind of weird. That's crazy. Did you have a pork sandwich before you took a couple tumbles a couple weeks ago that we were talking about? I don't think so. No, no. The the one I was in the dark. I was trying to work walk around in the snow in the dark, and and I, I I tripped over something and fell, and then the very next morning I just rolled my ankle on the step on the bottom step and fell the next the next morning. Oh, I didn't man. bleed on that one. I I come back in from out from the barn because I'm taking showers in the barn again because I've got my my bathroom torn apart, and uh, I came in from the barn and Tom's going, "You're bleeding." I'm going, "No joke." <laughs> <laughs> I, I I understand this. <laughs> yeah. 
All right. So you're on the you're on the the land. You got a a, a camper, and you got a, a mobile home that's got two rooms and a and a twelve year old in it. Uh, where do we go from there? Did you? How did you get the mobile home fixed? How did you get into it? Live in it. It's not necessarily, the, but at the same time, oh, I hate talking bad about my husband, but it, what it is is he went through a manic stage and he spent a shitload of money. We weren't getting anywhere. And uh, I finally said, I'm taking the money and this is what I'm doing. And then his mother died and we got kind of an inheritance, you know, not a whole lot, but stuff. But I said, I'm taking care of us. I'm going to get us in to the trailer house. And, and I'm still in subflooring. Uh the the central heating and air in here i had somebody come out and look at it, it was going to cost eight to ten thousand dollars for it to work and and he goes and i can't guarantee it so uh i've got those heat exchangers in various places and and uh um the oil uh radiator type yep. heaters you know what i'm talking about and those work really good uh but I, yeah i'm on stuff flooring through most of it and uh but you're teaching there, yourself, my kitchen cabinet, aren't you? huh? You're teaching yourself how to do this. Yeah. Well, now I have to admit, I've kind of changed. Now I'm going to finish this bathroom, and I'm probably going to build my closet, and I got to get a wood stove. But this, it's a 1998 house, and it is falling apart faster than I can figure out how to put it together. And I thought, you know, I don't want. And I figured this out after a recent windstorm. I just, I told my my husband, I said. I don't want to live in this house and I'm going to learn how to build what I do want. And so I'm going to get what I do. I'm going to get what I can done here where I can function. And I'm going to start trying to figure out how to build a house that I do want. So you said it's windy. Um, yeah. Is your skirting still up? Yeah. Yeah. How many, Boy, how, many, how many times did you put your skirting up? Oh man. I don't know. I don't know, five or six where the wind blew it down. Yeah. That's what I was going to guess. But guess what? You still, you got it. You got it. Yeah. (laughs) I I didn't, I mean, I didn't get too discouraged. It was kind of weird. It's weird how my mindset has changed in the last couple of years. Oh, you know, because I do get discouraged. You know, I was discouraged when we had this, when we had this weather. Uh, because I had planned and planned and planned and worked and worked to try to have it where we can be warm. And we just weren't warm in the house. It was, it got down to 48 degrees, regardless of what my best effort was. And I got discouraged, but when the skirting was falling apart, I would just, I would study it and I'm going, okay, that didn't work. I got to do something else. And I didn't get discouraged too much. What was your temperature outside though? When it was down to 48, Uh, the actual temperature was zero. And I think our wind chill was like 36 below. I mean, I I don't know if I call that a, an issue to get discouraged about. That's, that's well, pretty significant yeah. right there. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And, and once the wind quit blowing, the house warmed back up with the wind. The wind is what hurt us. Yeah. 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 That's what we that's what we deal with with our with our trailer too is it's not they're not made to be sealed up and and wind tight so yeah <laughs> I hear you I hear you so what do you what are you doing on the homestead besides uh, fixing the bathroom because I know you started a YouTube channel 
And I know you put a post up that it's not just a uh, a trailer remodel channel. Um, <laughs> what do you what do you got going on, and what what do you like to do? What what are your favorite things to do there on your property? I I have to admit, taking care of my animals. Now, if it's way too cold, I don't like going out and doing it. But even then, I don't mind in bad weather going out and taking care of my animals. I've got chickens. My, I think chickens are my least favorite thing. And in fact, I got a rooster. And I, you know, this sounds evil and mean, but he he came at me twice tonight. And I, and I punted him twice. <laughs> now I went to go find the net. And if he if he comes at me again, he's he's going to get he's he's going to become my pig's lunch. But um, I've got chickens and I've got ducks. I've got the Pekin style ducks or the, the big white ones, you know, uh, usually in the summertime, I do the broad breasted turkeys and uh, mm -hmm. process them. Cause, because when you don't eat beef, you got to eat a lot of chicken and turkey. And, yeah. uh, so I was doing that, but I've got some heritage turkeys here that I'm, I'm going to experiment with, uh, with raising for, I'm trying to provide several closed systems, you know, uh, mm -hmm. I bought some of those breast chickens and they're out my brooder shed getting bigger too. Are you familiar with the breasts that they were talking I, uh, about? I've heard a lot about them. Um, tell, tell, talk about them. Okay. Well, the Jack Spearco was talking about, uh, these are a, a bird. I believe it takes them, it takes them a while, like 14 weeks to get up to size, but they are supposed to be a good size and they also lay eggs. It's a relatively a dual purpose bird. Um, okay. the whites get bigger than the browns and stuff or the darker ones and they have blue legs and the French breasts, I think what they do is they, I think I heard where they feed them, uh, milk and corn the last few weeks. And so mm -hmm. when they actually get butchered, the meat is got mar is marbled and, oh, wow. uh, it's, it's a whole different, yeah, it's a delicacy. I'm not going to do that. I don't care about the delicacy. I was just looking for something else for a closed system so that if I can't get my Cornish cross chicks, I can still have the meat that I need for my family. Yeah, and we, we so, tried that with the Delawares was the breed we tried that with way back when we first started. That was my uh, that was my experiment with dual purpose. And it sounds like these are a lot better option than that was. It didn't work out for me, but it sounds like people have had a, a lot of luck with the ones that you're doing it with. So I wish you luck. I, I mean, closed system was always my goal for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do with them. And I also, this last, uh, just a year ago, I bought a breeding trio of Idaho pasture pigs. And a lot of what I'm trying to do too is I understand that feed, feed is outrageous right now. But I, I'm, I was trying to provide a closed system that if I had no access to feed, I could still feed my animals and Idaho pasture pigs. And, and with the Idaho pasture pigs, I had to do a lot of research, research of them too. I knew I was 60 and, and, and I'm stout, but I'm still 60 and I didn't want to have to try to wrestle with pigs that could knock me over and stuff. And uh, these guys, these guys are pretty mellow. I get in with them all the time and, and uh, uh, they, I was hoping to have babies by now or, you know, little piglets and, but uh, my boar died in the heat of the summer. And uh, so so I've got another boar, but I miss my other one. His name was Jimmy Dean. I loved that name. I loved, I really liked the boar too, but my new boar's name is Oscar Meyer. So, but I've got the breeding trio. Uh, well, 
and they like grass then they really do i thought yeah 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 they're just saying that but boy i tell you what if you don't keep them in grass they will they will get out and go find grass so, so you're on you're on perfectly lush like pasture land with nice wooded acreage and stuff like that, right? That that's that's the kind of land you're on, or no? I'm on reclaimed coal pits, and we found out that what you know I told you we planted a vineyard, and when we were using the auger to dig the holes to plant the vineyard, grease rags were coming up wrapped around the auger. And uh, we found out that that's where the motor pool was that they had, that that's where they fixed it. And I, I have found car parts out there and, uh, you know, digging up. I've got, in fact, I got a section of this pipe that's heaving up out of the ground over where my birds are now. And uh, so I have very little topsoil. Uh, I've got the crap trees, the bird crap trees that are all over the place that I need to kind of, I need to thin them out but I needed trees. I had no trees when we planted well over 300 trees. And I think three of them survived of the ones we wanted, you know, so, and most of the vineyard, the top half of the vineyard is doing pretty well because it has more topsoil, but bottom half with two inches of topsoil, they're most of they're my, the, some of those grapevines have been there for eight to 10 years and they're still only five foot tall or no, well, two foot tall on some of them. So you, know. you just you just put yourself in a in a really just tough situation all around. So you just you just like to make it hard. <laughs> well, yeah, Tom. When we planted the vineyard, um, Tom has said, "Well, this is what we can do when we retire." You know, well, we planted in 07 and we're just now sixty, and uh, uh, we had a deal with a nearby. Oh, I got to tell you about the name of the vineyard. We were talking about last night too. We, we uh, planted the, the vineyard with two different French type uh, grapes. One of them was Rougeon and the other one was uh, Chamberson and they're a deep red grape. And, uh, and we were trying to figure out what to name the vineyard because we hadn't moved out here at all. We just had, we just had the barn and we were, hadn't moved out here. And uh, we thought, well, redneck vineyard is kind of cool. But we had French grapes. And so my sister speaks French. And so I asked her, I said, how do you say Redneck Vineyard in French? And she goes, it's La Vigne du Courrouge. And I said, ooh, that sounds good. <laughs> so for Christmas, I had a sign that says La Vigne du Courrouge that, that gave it to Tom for Christmas. And I hope we can get it put up one day because it, look, it looks classy. <laughs> so are grapes popular in Oklahoma? I think a lot. I think a lot of places they were. <clears throat> the um, you, we don't always get a crop. <clears throat> the problem is, is you get heavy rains in spring, and that you got thousands of beautiful grape, you know, clusters that come up, and then within like a two week period, the temperature goes from nice and rainy and, and mellow to ninety five degrees and dry, and my grapes. Uh, right. About four out of every five years, they just they just dry up on the vine and turn into little black babies. But if yeah, I get we, a good year, <laughs> yeah, I grew up in in the Finger Lakes in New York, so that it's like the Napa Valley of the East Coast. So when people talk vineyards and grapes, I'm just all I picture are the lush hillsides of all these uh, glacier cut <laughs> lakes and things. And I hear Oklahoma, and all I think is like um, tumbleweeds. <laughs> Yeah, we don't have now. Tum we don't have tumbleweeds in the eastern Oklahoma. We've got it's it's actually it's called green country. 
yeah, and so it gets green here, but it's still not conducive. I don't think it's conducive grapes. Well, the guy that we were going to sell the grapes to, he had a vineyard and a winery, but he was having water trouble issues. He was on the end of the water line for the water district, so his he was like a just a trickle, and also the he was near a railroad track and the railroad company always came through and sprayed herbicide and killed his, his grapes every year so he ended up going out of business and so we've got a vineyard that nobody sells grapes to and i and because my crops are so spotty i can't really uh right, right. yeah more than once i thought i'm gonna rip it up because i don't care anymore it's one more thing to take care of but then i'm thinking well if the shit hits a fan you know if i figure out how to make wine then that's good that's good barter uh <laughs> it's it isn't a lot of figuring you you would you would pick up on it real quick the wine yeah makes really good grape jelly because the sugar content in it is high enough it makes awesome grape jelly perfect perfect well at least you have, you at least you have something to do with it uh even if you do get spotty crops what you can get you get to use it yeah so so you started a youtube channel why 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 did why did cc ellis start a, a youtube channel i started watching youtube uh, a few things and you know like i started out with justin rhodes and when he was even doing periscope and stuff like that and i thought well i don't have a cute kid because his boy was <laughs> really young at the time and yep. and uh and we didn't have kinsey necessarily at the time but but i also i had seen us go backward so bad when tom and i were dating we had a lake lot and he had boats and we went camping and fishing and boating and trips to south padre and and we were had we were just going backwards so bad and i, and I really needed to see us moving forward so i thought well even if nobody ever watches my channel i can go back and i can see little steps going forward. So a lot of it was just for me so that I can have a little bit of encouragement of trying to move forward. And uh, it's, it's kind of evolved over time as everything does. And uh, as I get more viewers, um, I developed the live until you die. Oh, uh, you know, especially after the COVID and everything. And I watched it. I watched a lot of people my age just give up on living and, and I don't want to see that happen. And so I figure if they can see me crawling up on the roof, if these people can see me crawling around my hands and knees, if these people can see me making an idiot of myself, maybe that they can be encouraged and they can maybe not do all that, but, but they can get up off the couch and be somebody. And so I'm trying to be an encouragement for people too. Oh, perfect. I froze up, but you kept going and that's great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, that's 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 great. Um, I I caught the I caught exactly what I needed to hear is the encouragement, and that's what you're trying to do. Um, so did you mention the shift from Ellis Family Farms to your current name? No, no. When I did Ellis Family Farms, Tom was a beekeeper. He got really into beekeeping. Was doing good. We had the great. We had the vineyard. I had animals and I thought, well, you know, we are family and, you know, I've got a chicken farm and I've got a vineyard and we've got a bee farm. And I thought, okay, that's multiple farms. And I'm hoping to make it an Ellis family farms type thing. But as time has gone on, I realized it was just me. You know, you'll, you will see Tom in some of the videos. He helps me and stuff. But uh, in general, it's just me. 
and and this is my homestead this is my dream and uh and i can't even drag anybody along with me i'm just going to do my own thing and and i've got i've got the perfect venue to do it you know who else has acreage and and uh the the willpower you know i don't have the know-how yet but i i really don't think i could get a job you you know you could you could get a job i know you could get a job but i like what you're doing better <laughs> yeah i did too I me mean, yeah, i could but i but could i support a family on it and stuff you know so you know and you try to weigh yeah, that I de- out I definitely hear what you're saying um so this grandma's life i think it's fantastic um fantastic branding too just to show this and the grandma's home just that that you are out there doing it, that you're out there learning the new skills. And I think it's, it's fabulous that you don't know everything and you're, and you're blatantly honest about it and (laughs) that you're learning and you're showing people that you're not too old to learn, that you're not too old to start new adventures and learn how to do stuff. And it's inspirational to me. Um, I know that, that I see you out there busting your hump and learning new things and acquiring those skills. So I appreciate it. That's cool. Yeah, it feels weird, but yeah, you know, I love my life out here. I sing, I dance. I don't put on that on videos, you know, but you should. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> well, I used to. I was going to do that whenever we got custody of Kenzie. She's going, Kenzie, Kenzie goes, no, grandma, no dancing. <laughs> so <laughs> see that? See that? She's talking to you out of being grandma. <laughs> yeah, it could be. Yeah, when she, one time she was little, I was going through Walmart when it was Christmas time, and I'm singing Christmas songs, and she goes, "Oh no, Grandma, no singing." I said, "Oh, child, it's it's Christmas. I sing." <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you, you could always just blame it on being old when you do it. If anybody says yeah. anything, well, I mean, look at me, I'm Grandma. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I have a little bit of theater background too. You know, I was. I, I was doing stuff in California and some plays and some uh, uh, different different things. I was part of a really bad theater group there in San Diego. It was so bad. And we did like, I was like in my 30s at the time and I played the part of Carlotta and that was pretty cool. But the lady who played Christine, she was the director's husband and she was in her 50s. And are you familiar with vibrato yeah. where you go? Yeah, where the voice goes, oh, 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 well, she's trying to hit these high notes with a, such a vibrato. And so, yeah. Couldn't wait to come so, yeah. for the second show, right? A lot of them got up and left during, during the intermission. <laughs> it was a full house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I, I have a little bit, I enjoy, but I still enjoy doing it, you know. And I get to do stuff at my church and stuff now. They let me write skits and they let me be, we, I sing, I'm part of the praise and worship team and stuff like that too. So it's, it's, uh, I, I enjoy that too, you know. Did you have a run in with the cops that you told us, told me about at least um, at the, at your, at when you were going to open things up at the church? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't pay attention. I'm going to think it's been, a, it's been a few weeks since that happened. I got up there. I, I go to, went up there to open up the clothing ministry and there were two uh, sheriff's deputies up there and I pulled up. I said, Hey, what's going on? They said, you need to move on. I said, well, I, I, 
I belong here. So <laughs> tell me what's going on. Do I need to call the pastor? And they say, yeah, you actually do need to call the pastor. So I pulled up and I, and I called some of the other ladies. I said, y'all need to pull up with caution and uh, kind of stay out of the way. And, and I looked around and the door that was to the fellowship hall was all smashed in and stuff. So I was on the phone with one lady and uh, telling us that, okay, kind of approach with caution, you know, this is what's going on. And there was this dude wearing nothing but turquoise short, shorts walking across the lawn. So I said, hey, if I were you, I wouldn't go over there. And he goes, that's exactly what I'm doing. I said, okay, well, you're on your own. And they slammed him down <laughs> and arrested him right there in front of me. I'm thinking, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Excitement. But, yeah. Excitement for the morning. <laughs> Pardon me? It was excitement for the morning. Yeah, it was. Yeah, he did weird stuff too. Like I do the marquee. I change the letters on the marquee and he mixed all my letters up. Actually, he took a bunch of letters down and it said help fire. I'm thinking, <laughs> and I was right in the middle of what I'm figuring out what was going on. I said, hey, I was on the phone with the, per the pastor. I said, somebody messed with my sign. <laughs> and I didn't realize it was that dude. And uh, yeah, he smashed everything up. He smashed up all the televisions and uh, pulled uh the the ceiling tiles down he just really wrecked it at the church yeah but the guys the guy the men in our church they were there and they cleaned it up and put it back together and it, no. i think it took them all day but you couldn't even hardly tell they had to they boarded up one window but basically you couldn't hardly even tell that it had been wrecked oh, by man. the time they were done that probably got your heart pumping yeah yeah, 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 it's kind of, you know, that I love working in the clothing ministry and stuff too, but some of the, I, but some of the people that we deal with have some challenges and stuff. And, and so you're trying to deal with, with different personalities and different challenges. And we're only there for two hours and I'm exhausted after we're done. It's like, yeah, I'm done for a while. I got to go sit down because we really, <clears throat> um, it's just a two car garage. And we will service 25 to 30 families, giving them free clothing twice a month. And so you've got kids running everywhere, people with walkers and wheelchairs. and <laughs> that's a, It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Josh says uh, he was changing the sign to say, help me fireside freedom. And then he got interrupted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna miss that. I understand where dropping it and stuff, but I am gonna. That was that was a good place for me to learn stuff too. Uh, yeah. I I I felt good. Everybody was very acceptance accepting of me up there because you do because I really think my middle name is oblivious. You, I could be really doing something stupid and I wouldn't know unless you actually told me. So, but people were very kind to me there and I, and I, I felt accepted and I learned a lot. Well, you were very accepted. You're, yeah. you're, you're one of us. You're one of us. So there's, we're all, we're all this big, goofy, weird family. So. Yeah. I like it too. I'm enjoying it. So, so you mentioned, um, you mentioned that you came up with the phrase live until you die and kind of through COVID, um, I love that. I love that. But what does that mean to you? And what is what is that really? What is that message you're trying to put out to everyone? That's your call to action, really. I mean, I've, I've really dug into like making formats for podcasts and this and that. And the call to action is always there. And I really think that rings is your call to action is to live until you die. If you could, if you could take 
a few minutes and explain it to everybody and just sit down and talk to them, what would you tell them? Well, you, you don't even have tomorrow guaranteed for you. And sitting and okay and i love football i mean i was i i will watch college football and i've done too much of it lately but as far as sitting down every night watching television and vegging playing video games and vegging just doing nothing and vegging and i and i'm going to get religious on you but i decided that when i meet god i don't want to I don't want to face him and say, well, you know, Oklahoma did pretty good in the finals. You know, I wanted to say I did my best. I lived the best that I knew how I messed up a lot and I know I did. And so I, I don't want to be the one that said I sat and watched television and let my body atrophy, let my brain atrophy, let, let my whole life atrophy. And when I know that God put me here for a reason and I need to be doing what I, I need to be getting my butt in gear and getting it done. And before I do die. And I, that's what I want other people to do too. I want that. I want them to have hope. You're still fogging a mirror. You're still, even if you have trouble getting up and down, you don't get up and down and do it anyway. Cause the more you do it, the easier it gets, you know? So, Oh, my dog just walked in. <laughs> so, uh, I, I don't, I want people to, to live and, and understand that there is a life out there for them to live. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it really, I think it rings true for, um, an older generation, but every generation, I think it means a little bit different, um, what perspective it's being said to. So, uh, if you're saying it to someone younger, uh, in their twenties, thirties, live until you die, like you don't, you're not guaranteed to make it till you're old. So you might as well do it now. But then that, that kick in the ass, even of the people that are getting to retirement, they're retiring just to remind them. I mean, you can live, you can keep living. You're not done. Keep living till, till you're done. Like every day, make the most. And yeah. Yeah. And don't take any excuses for what, for what you are having to deal with. You know, if, like I said, with the raccoons in the ceiling, you know, where you just going to sit there and listen to them and let it go. Because if you, if you don't stay, if you don't, if you're not proactive and continue to work forward, all you are going to do is backward. And, and those raccoons are going to do more damage and it's, it's just going to make things worse. Everything's going to get worse for you if you don't stay on top of it and just do your best, you know, don't give up. It's easy to give up sometimes. I know you've mentioned to me and I know it's probably on uh, fireside, um, but you've really, you, you were struggling to find kind of a community there locally in person, as far as people that like-minded people, as far as the homesteading and the, and the being prepared for yourself, has that gotten any easier? Or have you kind of just said, it's me, it's me. I, right now it's still just me. I did have uh, I, somebody recently uh, discovered one of my YouTube channels and was one of my, one of my granddaughter's teachers. She goes, "Hey, have you got that YouTube channel?" And I said, "Yeah." And I act. She apparently there's a couple of uh, homesteading groups uh, for women nearby, and they said, "Well, can you come and do a talk on beekeeping?" I thought, "Oh, you know, we haven't kept bees in a while, but you know, I took the classes with Tom and I get and." 
And if you look at some of our old, old footage, we've got a lot of old footage of beekeeping and stuff. So here in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be giving a talk on it. And I'm hoping to make some connections there. But in general, yeah, it's been all me. But I, I'm, I'm looking forward to making some connections with these ladies and, and seeing what I can work out there. That is, that's fantastic. That I think that's going to open a ton of doors for you. You're very, you're very easy to talk to. Um, I think anybody that approaches you would feel comfortable talking to you. Uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm happy to hear that because when you were talking to me about, you know, all the people in the church that didn't want to participate when you were just kind of warning or uh, sounding the warning alarms saying, Hey, we need to kind of be prepared for maybe some food shortages, that type of thing. Um, and they just kind of, yeah, poo pooed you. I really, yeah. I really felt for you. I, I, I know what it means to have that local community and I'm glad you're getting time. And I think you're going to be fantastic giving your talk and yeah, the connections you're going to make are being valuable. I have a feeling. Yeah, it's cool to finally make some connections. I think it's been kind of a turning point for me because if you think about it, I've been on this path for nearly 10 years now and just now making the connections with you guys, you know, with you and Ken and Tim and all them. That's been this like this past year has been a real turning point for me that I have been very grateful for. Well, we're we're grateful to have you. Yeah. So let's let's talk about that. What do you got? You you got your your talk coming up. I'm excited to hear about how that goes and if and the connections you make, whether that be publicly or in in back channels. But uh, you got the YouTube channel and you have a podcast you're working on. Tell us about those and tell us what you got coming up with those and um, what's what's in store in the next little bit for Thesia. Um, I'm trying to hone in with the grandma's homestead thing. And, and like I said, trying to make it less of all about region. It's taken me infinite number of times. That's another thing I'm struggling with. Honestly, it, when you do get older, things take a long time to do. And, um, it's embarrassing, especially if you've gone public. Okay. I'm the old lady. I'm going to redo my bathroom. And six months later, you're going, I'm the old lady. And I'm still redoing my bathroom, you know? So it, it really has been kind of a, uh, it's, it's been embarrassing in a lot of ways. And so I'm, I'm trying to make it where I'm not doing so much with the bathroom because obviously I'm not doing enough of it anyway, but I do. And I, but I did pay attention that, that a lot of people in our audience wants to see it. They want to see your animals. They want to see you interact with your animals. So I'm trying to implement that a little bit more. And, uh, but uh, yeah, and of course, and then with the, this grandma's life uh, podcast, um. I think on both of them, I may even get just a little bit. Well, I like to with the, this grandma's life podcast. I'd like to, uh, I've always got a story, you know, that, you know, I've always got something to say. So I'm trying to do a story, but I've also want to talk about some things on my mind, what's going on with my opinion on what's going on. And I'm going to do that a little bit. And I like to do quotes and I read some interesting stuff. You never know what I'm going to be reading. You know, I'm reading something now that was written years and years ago. So, you uh, and, and, you, you have opinions, Stacia. I would have never guessed that you have an opinion on things. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but for a long time, I didn't want to do that because uh, when you give an opinion, you want to make sure that you're able to back up what you're saying, you know, and not just pop off something. I don't want to, I want to be able to back up what I'm saying. So, but yeah, I, I, 
I, I say some stuff that that it might be a little controversial sometimes. Not too bad. I don't want to. I don't want to ruffle feathers or anything. But I do want you to know. Hey, you got to learn to think. In fact, I'm trying to teach Kenzie, my granddaughter. Uh, one of the things I was talking about is how what's your bullshit meter like? You know, all the stuff, all the crap that we've been fed the last two or three years. We're not teaching our children what a bullshit meter is. And so I'm trying to teach her. Of course, she's 16. She listens, but she you can also think that she's going, oh, grandma's doing it again, you know, but but well, I she, do want her can, to. She has the bullshit meter. It's just turned to the wrong channel. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do. I ask what they're teaching at her school. I like her school. I really do. It's a public school, but I really like the people there. It's a small school and uh, they really do care and. Uh, so I, I, this is a weird school, honestly, it's the only one I've ever run into where they, where they actually care. But, um, uh, I just, I want her to take in the information. I want her to be able to think about what she's hearing and how, you know, I said, I'm not ever want you to say, okay, that's bullshit. I'm not listening to Cause she's not old, old enough to pull that with teachers and stuff yet, but I do want her to be able to have the ability to think about if what people are telling her is bullshit, if it's for real or if it's not. Yep. Get a feel for it. You can almost, you can almost see it coming once you realize it. It's, it's teaching those patterns. And I, I know you, I know you listen to Jack and Jack's all about pattern recognition and it really is. I mean, and it's just teaching, it's teaching and you're, I mean, she's so lucky to be with you and, and, when, I don't think you I, so. Well, no, I mean, I see the way you are living life and your philosophies, and if she can pick that up, that's that's more than she'll ever need in life. Because look at what look at what you're doing right now, um, and she's gonna get that she's gonna get that kick in the ass now at what 15, 16 years old. I mean, yeah, that's that's all you could ask for. So, um, but yeah, that bullshit meter, recognizing recognizing patterns, recognizing what people are doing is is a very valuable skill. I I, I love the bullshit meter. <laughs> yeah. So, but what what do you what do you want to wrap up with here, dear? Uh, what do you got to say? Any any last important words or parting statements, and uh, then we can probably wrap up. Well, I hear that you begrudgingly got your word of the year. That was funny to hear that from coming from you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just, it, it like, it just happened. Like it wasn't, yep. I didn't even, I didn't sit out to do it or anything like that. I was just sitting here and it just happened. So I was like, well, I'm not one to like poo poo a sign. So I guess I'll just go with it. <laughs> Yeah, it's hard. To, well, I'm glad it was easy for you that happens like that because, like, I've been working on working, and I think I finally, I think I want to uh, narrow it down to prosper because I've done now. I had thrive for my word a couple of years ago, and that was a really good one for me because, because okay, the first year I had was persevere, and persevere felt like you're hanging by a thread and, and uh, stuff. So I did thrive and, and I, I did much better under that word. And then last year was build. And I, and there has been some building, if you think of building, building relationships and stuff like that. Actually, when I made it my word, building relationships was not one of the reasons I was one of the building things I was going to do, but that's what happened. But this year I'd like to actually start making some money. So I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to go with prosper this year. Do you have, do you and, have a plan for that? 
I think the plan I'm on right now is working better. I'm getting there. You know, I'm people are finding me and, and stuff. Like, cause I'm now my word was going to be discovered. And I thought, well, that sounds, cause I want to be discovered, you know, but that's like, that's pretty selfish. So I don't, I didn't want to do that, but, but, um, I'm, I think, I think I've got the plan in place. I just need to keep implementing it and I got to be more consistent. You know, I've got mountains of video stuff that I have not edited and gotten out there. The video I just posted today, I recorded it a month ago. So I've got to be more consistent about getting stuff out. I've got lots of ideas. I've got more ideas than what I've got time to get them put out, you know, but yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm on the right path. I think I'm doing the right thing. I just got to do, be consistent and keep on. Perfect. Perfect. That sounds like a plan. That's make the plan, work the plan and uh, see how it reacts is uh, yeah. And you, you named it consistent, be consistent. So I have all your links for your YouTubes and, and the podcast and the website. All of that is in the show notes. So if you're listening to this and uh, you want to go give Thesia a look and check out her stuff, she just said she's got a ton of videos coming out soon. She's got tons of video that she can do. Um, you can find her also at grandmashomestead.farm. That's grandmashomestead.farm. And uh, yeah, Thesia. I am so glad you finally said, yep, I'm ready. And we're going to come on and do this because I enjoy chatting with you all the time. And I really enjoyed tonight. And I really appreciate you coming on. Well, thank you. I really appreciate you putting up with me. I have a good time. Oh, no problem. You have an awesome night. And uh, I will talk to you a little later. Okay. All right. Good night. Happy New Year. I can see the light I can feel the sun